you need to have a way to communicate to them. Otherwise, you're just going to be relying upon that. Oh, I hope someone finds my website today. Oh, they didn't. Oh, look, my bank account's like going to zero. This is scary. The Wingnut Social Podcast, Episode 17, Creating Email Funnels for Your Interior Design Business with Alicia Wicker. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating digital influence into physical success. This is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the host of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash wingnutsocial. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey there, Wingnuts, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, interior designer and head wingnut, Darla Powell, and I am joined by the ever soulless ginger... Natalie Graff. Hey, you have a last name today. Congrats. I I remembered it today. That's great. (laughs) That head trauma's, uh, that swelling's going down. (laughs) It's called way too much work. So we're busy. Yes, we're crazy busy. We just came in from a photo shoot yesterday all day of a kitchen that we did, which was turned out pretty well, I like to say, pretty successful. And we're slammed back to back with consultations and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, but... You're, you're forgetting an exciting part of what just happened well, to you. Well, I was just going to say, why are we getting all this? Um, Some nice lady wrote you up in a magazine. Some nice lady. <laughs> Jane Dagme, of course. The, the Come on, fabulous, Designers Today. Yes, the fabulous Jane Dagme, editor of Designers Today, did an article on us on Wingnut Social primarily, the bod- podcast, and also a little bit about DPI, and uh, you are in there as well. No mm-hmm. sexy pics of you which I submitted, <laughs> but yeah. Nobody needs to see those. No, well, I'm not talking about those pics. Oh, yeah, that's not a good idea either. <laughs> the smoldering, your smoldering headshot. Oh, yes, the ones that you like so well. The smoldering ones. Yes, yeah, yes, so it was like a terrific those. article. You guys, if you have a chance, check out the uh, Designers Today Fall issue. It's a terrific industry magazine, actually, B2B. It's incredibly well done. Jane really knows her stuff. And I created a pie chart. Just for that article. Just for Jane. Yeah. Well, listen, we're like rambling here a little bit. Like, why don't you tell the guests what we've got well, going on today? I wanted to say that I was really proud of my mad pie chart skills. Yeah, I remember you complaining about having to do that. <laughs> yes, I'm aware yeah. of this. So Jane is interviewing me and she's giving me questions and she's like, okay, um, you know, I'm really big on Venn diagrams and pie charts. Can you make me one? And I'm like, ha ha ha, aren't you funny? You have a good sense of humor. I like you. And I get an email like the next day, hey, about that pie chart. And I'm like, oh, you're serious <laughs> about that? I actually had to make her a pie chart for the well, magazine. I'm actually serious. Let's get rolling with what we're doing. Okay, but but again... To the, to the magazine, how did we get that noto- notoriety to get in a magazine? A national interior design, well-renowned. It's very simple. Industry publication. Very simple. What is it, Natalie Graff? Social media and visibility. Yeah, exactly, right? Getting out there very. and marketing through social media. It, I'm telling you people, it works. Yeah, there's skeptics out there listening. I know. The proof is in the pudding. I know them. I'm thinking of a few. I have some... Some specific people in my head. <laughs> Keep them in your head, Darla. In your head. <laughs> They're going to stay in my head. Okay. So, Natalie Ann Graff. Now you're using my middle name. Do you know your initials stand for NAG? I am aware of this. Yes. Okay. 
Did you? Are you also aware it's incredibly apropos? <laughs> yes, I have been called a nag, but if people just do what they're told, then we don't have a problem. And you know, I rest my case. All right, thank you. All right, so Natalie, on the podcast today, we have the inimitable, colorful, definitely likes to stay in her lane, Alicia Wicker, on the podcast today. She's an interior design business coach, and how do I put this? She's she's colorful. She likes to use flowery, colorful language. And when I say flowery and colorful, I mean like in a sailor-like genre. (laughs) But, you know, I find her emails and her marketing so entertaining, and I just love reading her stuff. You know, normally I just XXXXX delete all these marketing emails, but I actually read her stuff. She's very engaging and entertaining. So I said, hey, let's talk email funnels with Alicia Wicker. So really quick, Alicia Wicker, I said, send me a bio, and here's what she sent me. Alicia Wicker is an interior design business coach specializing in smart online marketing strategies. The end. (laughs) Sounds like Alicia. Sounds like it. Straight to the point. No bullshit. So here we go, Wingnuts. Help me in welcoming Alicia Wicker to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Alicia Wicker. How the hell are you? Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am excited to be here. I know it doesn't sound like it, but I am. Excellent, excellent. Well, it does sound like it. You sound very um, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and so eager to be here. And why wouldn't you? Exactly. (laughs) Right. So uh, your your bio, I I just said with Natalie, I mean, I I told you to send over a bio and it was just one sentence long, which I, I thought was, you know, quintessential. (laughs) <laughs> Alicia Wicker, right? So uh, tell the wingnuts just a little bit more about who you are and what you do. I know you were an interior designer. Do you still practice interior design? And you're doing coaching now, right? Yeah, um, I do still take on um, probably one to two projects a year. It's usually word of mouth that I get my clients from. So past clients have uh, referred me to others. So I do take on those projects. Uh, it's not my primary focus. Uh, my primary focus shifted into coaching um, kind of, I didn't intend for it to go that way. It was just that when I started my, um, design business, um, in 2009, which was the best year ever to start a design business, I found that I had a lot of interior designers contacting me, asking me what I was doing, asking if I could show them what I was doing. And it kind of just took off from there. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I, I know that feeling too. And they ask you, hey, do you mind if mentoring me or mind asking a few questions? Because I could see where that would take off for you. But what what really grabbed my attention with you is is your amazing email marketing. All right. I've subscribed to you. I've bought a couple of your, you know, SEO guides and a couple of your um, guides that you sell on your your internet and your website. And I was telling the wingnuts before and Natalie that you're one of the few emails that I just don't hit unsubscribe from <laughs> because the way that you word them are, is so entertaining and so attention grabbing and just the way you send them out and the spacing of them, the timing of them, it's just so well done. And I thought, you know, it's it's so important for us to develop our very own email list and let's talk to somebody who does who does and <laughs> let's talk to somebody who does that really well and that's where you come into play so I, let's just start with the very basics alicia tell the wingnuts why it's so important to even have an email list for in the interior design business okay so here's the there's two parts to this the one part is that we've all experienced facebook not liking us anymore, right? You know, Facebook was <laughs> right. like, hey, everybody, come out here and promote your stuff. 
And so everybody did. And you could see like all sorts of updates and things. And now Facebook's algorithm is, you know, trying to do it. So you have to pay to play. Um, you know, you have to, I don't know, be a magical unicorn if uh, they want you to get any interaction. Um, and so it's really difficult just with uh, Facebook is the worst. And then other social media platforms, you just can't count on that to help bring up your visibility. The other part that it's important to have the email list, especially for interior designers, is that a lot of times, and I, I think it's still sadly true that, you know, there's a big majority of interior designers who are not utilizing their own website and it's not paying off for them. Um, and so they're not bringing organic traffic to their website. And so when that's not happening, those leads that you are capturing, if you're not going to update your website with new content and things that are interesting to your people, is you need to have a way to communicate to them. Otherwise, you're just going to be relying upon that, oh, I hope someone finds my website today. Oh, they didn't. Oh, look, my bank account's like going to zero. This is scary. Um, <laughs> so if you don't have a way to reach out to people who uh, need your help, you're really kind of screwed. Right. Plus, you know, what if Facebook goes belly up and you've invested all this time and it's just in Facebook, you, you don't have your own assets. That's all up in smoke. Absolutely. I mean, I'm kind of like, I'm in this space right now where I'm thinking like, is Facebook going to be the next MySpace? You know, there's kind of, you know, all these, you know, security breaches and things that the company starts to seem a little bit shady at this point. And I, I could totally see like something happens where, oh, Facebook's bye-bye now. I mean, it might take years, but at the same point, they're not giving the juice to people and creators like they used to. So I don't want to, I can't put all my eggs in somebody else's company's basket that they're going to promote me in my best way that I need to be promoted. Right. And to be fair, that we're, that also means Instagram or Twitter or whatever else. It's somebody else's platform. You're really just renting real estate. You, even if it's for free, I mean, if you're boosting your posts and stuff, you're, it's still rental. It's, you don't own that domain. You don't own that, um, that content. No. So very basic. How does an interior designer start amassing their very own email list? And how do they do it without being annoying? <laughs> <laughs> well, if we go just basic, we need to sign up for a service to help us send out our newsletter because we're not going to be, this has been something I've seen too. And it's, um, I'm not sure if it's just because some interior designers are just like afraid of techie stuff. So you need to sign up for a service. Um, you could sign up for MailChimp or you could sign up for MailerLite. Those are two um, free to begin options. If, however, though you're an interior designer and at some point in the future you foresee you want to use um, affiliate links in marketing, you might want to stay away from MailChimp because in their terms of service, they say that's a no-no and they could shut oh. down your account. Really? Yeah. That was, okay. That was a new thing. You need to really look at the terms of service of any website you're using these days because we've seen it happen with all sorts of websites we've been a part of. Um, so check out the terms of service and get started for free with one or the other. Um, you're going to sign up, set up your list. Um, the other thing you want to be um, cognizant of is another difference between, like, say, a MailChimp and a ConvertKit or a MailerLite is one person signs up for your list. A Joe Blow signs up for your freebie um, about X. Well, then Joe Blow sees you have a freebie about why and also sounds, signs up for that. Well, on MailChimp, he's mm. going to count as two people. And on a ConvertKit or a MailerLite, he only counts as one person. When you're not paying for the service on MailerLite or MailChimp, you may not care. When you get to a point in time when your list is big enough, you have to start paying for it. You are going to care that you're paying for Joe Blow twice. 
That's a good point. I never even thought of that. We use active campaign here at Wingnut Social and DPI, and I, they are kind of pricey. When it gets over 500, I, I don't know if they do that or not. Honestly, are you familiar with active campaign? I haven't played around with that one in years, so I couldn't say. Nicole Heimer turned us on to that, and I don't know if they do the thing with the um the influencer, the I affiliate you're marketing have homework, too. Darla. Yeah, I'm gonna have to ask Nicole Heimer. Check Active Campaign for that influencer thing. Okay, that affiliate marketing. Yeah, um, it's just caveat. It's kind of like one of those things. They're they might not be looking to get you. It's not like you know the. IRS looking to get a housewife because they flaunt their money on TV. We're not in that same sphere, but (laughs) you don't want to raise any eyebrows and get shut down. So it's just a good thing to know. Okay. So we have our service. We have MailChimp. We have MailerLite, ConvertKit, ActiveCampaign, or I think that was it, right? Um, Okay. So we have that service. So now we want to build our email list. Now, the way I started it in the beginning with Darla Powell Interiors is I started blogging. Look at this awesome content. Don't you want to subscribe? And people actually really did subscribe and they like the content, but that's a long, slow road. I'm sure that you have some other advice that might be a little sexier and a little bit more effective. Yeah. So that way is, you know, it's kind of one of those things like subscribe for updates. I, You know, if you thought about it, like if you were Kanye, of course, people would subscribe for updates because he's nuts. So <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to sign up for the Kanye show. <laughs> But most interior designers are not nuts. So it's kind of like most, most. Yes. <laughs> so, you haven't met Darla in person yet, have you? <laughs> yeah. That Darla and that Alicia, they are nutty. Um, <laughs> uh, so in terms of we have to give them a reason to sign up. And and I know that's kind of jumping ahead, but, it, you know, you, talking about lead magnets Mm-hmm. Um, and giving the uh, person, helping them to solve some little itty bitty problem. Maybe it's just as simple as showing them how to, you know, do their coffee table so it doesn't look like a hot mess or it doesn't look boring or whatnot. Some type of thing that you can help your dream client um, achieve or learn um, is going to help build the list exponentially. The other part of that is you can also, within blogging, Or even if you're doing content such as videos, having content upgrades where it's like, oh, we went into, um, we talked about this topic, but if you'd like to go a little deeper, I have an additional thing that's going to help you do that, whatever it may be. It's a checklist, it's another video, whatnot. You're always wanting to be uh, in service to your readers and helping them um, and becoming a valuable resource to them. So you would do like a blog post, like say for Wingnut Social, for example, you know, here's 10 tips on how to grow your organic reach on Instagram. And for two, you know, or five more tips or whatever, you know, here's bonus material here, sign away or? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I have a, um, a blog post about like how to name your interior design business. And there um, is a content upgrade about like a worksheet that's taking you through that process. Um, so anything that can help them like, yeah, I've read this content, but how do I do it for myself? That kind of stuff that helps them. Right. So on Darla Powell interiors, we do have a lead magnet, one that we worked with, with Curio Electro again, um, Nicole Heimer. What, what, what's a lead magnet? Oh, well, okay. What? We'll get into the lead magnet thing, but um, the lead magnet thing, well, we are getting into the lead we magnet We are, thing, right? but you need to explain what a, a lead magnet so, is so the uh, listeners can. Right. So a lead magnet is, right, you want leads for your email. Yes. Right? Essentially, so, yeah. those people yeah. who come to your website, it's a prospect. And then mm-hmm. you want to get them into your sales funnel. So how are you going to do that? You need to capture the lead. And the person's email address is that lead that you want to capture. 
So that right. magnet is whatever goodie freebie you're giving to them. That's considered the lead <laughs> magnet. Right. And on the, on the DPI website, we have, you know, what should you expect to budget for to furnish your home? You know, we have high, middle and uh, low end. And that's been really good for Darla Powell Interiors, not only in getting, uh, you know, working as an effective lead magnet, but also pre-qualified uh, clients. Absolutely. Because you know when they read that and they still call you that they have already seen what realistic budgets are going to run them. And it's it's a filter in a way and it's worked out incredibly well. Now, do you think you need more than one lead magnet? I think one's basic. You have to have the one. But I think if you want to, you know, increase the speed of what you're building your list, um, you absolutely would want to look at creating more than one lead magnet. And the other thing to realize is that you're looking at the percentage of people that are on the email list and what percentage of those people buy. It's such a much smaller percentage of people that buy from the total amount of people who are subscribed. So increasing the subscriber base is going to be one of those important things. You know, they say that your first goal with building your email list is to get up to a thousand subscribers. And so it's because you have like out of those thousand subscribers, not most of them aren't going to buy. So you need to increase the, the list as quickly as possible. And so multiple lead magnets is going to increase the chances that you're going to reach more of your ideal client. So you're just increasing the, the law of averages. I saw on your website, you have the resource page, which is amazing, by the way. Thank you. Uh, I, I love going through that and seeing what I can glean from it without signing up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so does that act as your like multiple kind of lead magnet farm? Uh, not necessarily. Um, I've played with it. Um, I always like to test things. I don't, you know, there's a lot of people that like to regurgitate information. They haven't tested things. And I always like to test things to hmm. see um, what works better. And I've tried using that, you know, as gated content before where it's like, oh, you want to see this? Uh, you know, sign up. And <laughs> for me, I didn't find that it really increased growing my email list in any measurable way. So I've taken huh. the gate off of it. Um, I think it depends on knowing who your ideal clients are. And so for me, it's just like, I'm going to just put the resources out there for people. It's kind of like an all in one place just to go get like the most common, um, most the topics that people are most interested in. Um, and I find that I do have a lot of organic traffic that comes into my website. And most of it's coming to a specific blog post where they're looking for specific help. And the ones that you know, you should go through your Google Analytics, find out what your most popular content is. And those are the ones you should optimize first to add uh, lead magnets onto. Excellent idea. And you you did mention ideal client. And this is so important, too, when you're developing your lead magnet. Like I mentioned about the furniture expense thing there, I knew I was getting a lot of DIY clients, a little bit of lower budget clients. So I said, how what can I do to make a lead magnet that also kills you know, two birds with one stone, that I'm giving valuable information. People can use this, whether they hire me or not, but also can help funnel or filter out my ideal client, you know, in a higher, you know, uh, money amount job. So that's something too, to think about who's your ideal client. So uh, just curious, because we had spoken before, um, before the show. And also I told the wing nuts, you know, you're, you're kind of infamous for being colorful. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a polite way to say it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can be polite. So, um, you know, we use we use some colorful language. You know, I'm, I'm it was in law enforcement. I'm I'm not. You know, I'm not. You're unaware. no saint. Yeah, I'm no saint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was just curious. What? Um, just a quick aside here before we get into the funnels. What was your rationale in in that voice and that target for your ideal client? And and can you explain the importance of 
of using that voice, not necessarily yours, <laughs> for to, to get your ideal client with a lead magnet? When I first started, uh, I was very much trying to be a part of, um, you know, the interior design in crowd, you know, I went to go get all my certifications, my NCIDQ, my CCIDC, I went to go join the ASID, all of this stuff. <laughs> and I realized I just did not fit in. I was not that type of designer. I didn't have a Beamer. I didn't have a Gucci bag. I just, I didn't fit in. I just wear jeans and a t-shirt and I like rock and roll and I cuss. So um, it was a thing where I tried to fit myself into that box when I first started my website and my blog. And it was so boring and so bland. And I was just starting to get uninspired. And I just like one day I was just like, what the hell? What if you just wrote like you talk like to your friends? Mm -hmm. And so I went with it. And yeah, it does make people um, turned off for me. I do get angry emails from time to time. I don't know if Mercury's in retrograde or what, what <laughs> bug flew up their ass. But I bet those are fun. Oh, goodness gracious, they're fun. <laughs> um, and, and so for me, it's a, a thing of if I presented to the world that I was something other than who I am, and when we were going to work together, they would be shocked. They would just be shocked, like, this is not what I signed up for. I don't, this does not compute. Um, and, and I find that a lot of times, I think, I think where my ideal clients and I meet is that we just don't feel as if we fit into the traditional interior design industry segment that's, you know, the majority where everybody's, you know, in that thing. And we're just like the outsiders, the rebels, like, we just like design and we're not about pretense and stuff. And we do talk like this. And we don't, you know, I think a lot more people talk like this than want to say it. But it's, and it's also a matter of it's not a matter I've had this often said to me that it's, I'm not being professional because I'm cursing. And my response to that is, if I get your results, then I think I'm being professional and doing my job. Uh, the fact that you're not getting the message because you're looking at the filter of the profanity first, um, mm -hmm. is that's not my problem. So right. I don't really worry about it. And that's so that's such an important lesson in Wingnuts, really, if you take nothing else away from this show that using your authentic voice in because it's like Alicia said, you know, when she started getting in and working with clients, which is, you know, interior designs an intimate situation. Oh, yeah. And she's, you know, the F-bombs start flying and it's going to be like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Because when I first became an interior designer, I had friends that said, oh, you're going to have to be all stuck up and hoity toity now. And I gave it about five minutes of thought. And I said, you know what? No, screw this. I am who I am. I blue jeans, T-shirt. You know, but the result, you know, the proof is in the pudding and you, we do get results. And when people hire me now, you know, if I break out into some kind of like weird little dance or something, they're okay with it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. So that that's so important. Don't, it's going to stress you guys out so much to try to be something you're not in the, in the long game. Don't do it. Okay. So we have an excellent uh, lead magnet now, right? It's yes. speaking to our ideal client, you know, the heavens have opened, the sun is shining. But let me guess, we need something else. Ooh, ooh, yeah, I know. All right. They've signed up for the lead magnet and they're great. They're very happy. They know, like, and trust. So now you need an email funnel. Yes. And who's going to explain that? Not me. Not me. <laughs> I guess it's me. <laughs> um, okay. So we... I don't even know if at this point they know, like, and trust us. I think they're just, their their curiosity is peaked. So they're mm -hmm. just kind of like, well, I kind of like this. Let's see how it shakes out. You think about it now, there's so many voices and noise all over the internet, no matter what the industry is. And so something might pique your curiosity, but you're not ready to, you know, go on a date with anybody. So if we look at 
we got them on the list. Now we have to start and build that relationship. And the beauty of having this funnel, which are these automated emails that go out to them, is that you can start building the relationship with the person kind of on autopilot. And so somebody gets your lead magnet and then your first email out to them should be kind of like, thank you, welcome, here's what you can expect. Um, In the next few days, I'm going to share X, Y, Z. And so keep an eye out uh, on the inbox for my special emails. And then as you start sending them, so many emails. And you don't want to make it like you're sending them 96 emails. It's not war and peace. We're just trying to get to an end result where we're building uh, the trust along the way so that we can get them to take action. So however you want to nurture that, it should be more value though than sell. It shouldn't be there's been so many people who have taught email marketing and where it's like, okay, well, in, in email number two, you're going to sneak in. Oh boy, I've got a special offer and it, just hold on. You're going to get it. And people like sniff it out. They're like, stop. What are we? People are sick of that. Yeah. I love yeah. that you set up the expectations. That brings it. I recently signed up for Mel Robbins. I, I don't know if you, you probably know Mel Robbins. Who doesn't know Mel Robbins? She's I don't. An ins- oh, you don't? Okay. <laughs> You the, okay, you're the one. Um, she's a, she's an inspirational speaker. She's the one that came up with the five four three two one method to stop procrastinating. Um, TED Talk girl, anyway. But I signed up for one of her lead magnets, and she sent an email with the expectations. Okay, here you go. Every Thursday, you're going to get this email from me, and it's going to contain A, B, C, D, and through Z. And I thought that was really smart. Because you know that that's what you're going to get. And you're, I think you're less likely to say, oh, screw you and your emails. I'm unsubscribing. So when you set up the expectations with that thank you email, had you always done that? And when you came to start that practice, did that help with your retention rate? Um, I don't know that I always did it. Because like I said, when I started, I had no idea. And I couldn't find a mentor to help me to save my life. Um, so I didn't, I made a lot of mistakes in the beginning with growing the email list. And, um, it later on, as I went through refining the process, I think part of it that helped the retention rates is a, um, really dialing into what my audience wants and they need. Um, and B it's just providing them with quality that, you know, content. I don't like to send fluff to them or anything mm-hmm. like that. So they know when I'm going to hop in their inbox. And I think that's great because it's kind of like, I don't, I really get annoyed when I sign up for an email list and the person like never emails again. You know, what I mean? <laughs> really? I think uh, most people like that. They're like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, I signed up for your thing. And, and then all of a sudden they show up three months later on my inbox. And I'm like, who is this? Oh, okay. And good I, point. I've forgotten who they were and why I signed up. Why? Because you know, when you sign up for something, you are initially very excited to find out about whatever's going to be shared. If you make me wait three months, I've already forgotten who you are, and now I have to like delete your email. So, uh, setting the expectation and being consistent about showing up is really important. Okay, so that brings us to the question of frequency. Perfect segue. Yes. <laughs> How often do you recommend? Us Okay, so we're interior designers, we're not business coaches, right? So chances are, we're not going to be saying here, you know, here's SEO for your blog here or your website, you know, it's going to be here's my weekly blog, you know, here's we're running a special for this Christmas, whatever. Yeah, you know, a a newsletter bloggy kind of situation for now. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, so how often 
would you recommend for us to send out our newsletters so as not to become annoying? Because that's the thing I fear the most. I hate it when I send out my newsletter and it's, it's inevitable, but someone's going to subscribe. They're tired of your shit. Oh, oh <laughs> I sure. said shit. <laughs> right, it's going to happen. It just has happened. So uh, where's that sweet spot? How many times a week, a month? I, here's the thing I would say first, and, and I've said this to my clients a lot of times. Um, I don't, I don't, I see people unsubscribe and because my list is quite large, I, it's a big chunk where if I had seen that many people unsubscribe in the beginning, I would have probably killed myself. Um, <laughs> but you have to get used to that, you know, that self-selection for them. They're just realizing there's not a fit. And if you look at it, Hey, they're going to save you money. So goodbye, bless you and move on. And so I don't worry about that. My content won't resonate with everybody because I know it won't. And in times I do try to push the envelope in trying to get some of the people off of my list that I know are, you know, they're never interested in anything I say. I think they're more like just exploring the world, right? So never worry about that, you know, somebody's going to unsubscribe and it'll break your heart. It's just kind of like it wasn't meant to be. Um, in terms of base minimum of how often you should be um, sending out a newsletter, I think it has to be a minimum twice a month, uh, okay. every other week. But if you're putting out a newsletter or a um, blog post once a week, that you know it can double as your newsletter content. You can. Um, what I like to do is put in the beginning part of a blog post and then say, "Hey, if you're interested in reading the rest, click here and go to the blog." Ah, clever. So that way you get them back to your website so they can see, they can read the blog post. And if they want to explore, they can, they're already there. But at times I also share things that I've just written that are not on the blog. I don't share on the blog. It's just, I had something I felt I needed to share and it'll be a longer email. Um, so it's up to you on what you can do. But I think times that if we rely too much on just sharing blog content and not actually sending out like what I call love notes to our, our peeps from time to time. Um, I think that the heart of the business can be kind of deflated. So I think it's also important to interject love notes. So you like one week, if I don't have a blog poster to say, hey, I just want you to know that I love you guys so much. Thank you for everything. Okay, bye. <laughs> well, you can do that. I'm not that. I'm, I'm I know not, you're not. I'm not particularly mushy. As mushy as I can get is signing my emails with XO. Okay, so I can't get too mushy. But in terms of what I consider my love notes is – for my community, it's um, trying to build up their uh, confidence and getting them to move forward and take action and not worry about what everybody else is doing. If in terms of I was putting out an interior design blog, you know, I might want to speak to my clients where I know what their fears are. And a lot of my clients' fears were of they just had a fear of working with a designer, period. They didn't want to be judged because um, they thought, oh, my gosh, this person that's got talent is going to design and an eye for design is going to come in here and like totally shame me on all of my furniture and decor and I can't right. even face the rejection. Right. So, they do that. So if, if you could, you know, soften it up with an email and just be like, hey, let me tell you this story about Joanne. Joanne came to me, but she was totally XYZ and just tell this story so they can see themselves in the story. This is going to bring a deeper connection between them and you. Love it. Case studies. Yes. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, Absolutely. That's a really good idea. And you know, we haven't been doing that. We've been remiss. Okay, see? look, I'm Darla, you have more homework. I do. I know. This podcast <laughs> has given me so much homework. <laughs> Alicia, you have given us some incredible advice about email and building your list for interior designers. But I need to know now if you're ready for the what up wingnut round. Yes, yes. <laughs> now it's time for what up wingnut. 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 All right, Alicia Wicker. 
If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? I would be an oak tree. And I don't know why. I can just tell you that anytime I've seen an oak tree, I've been like, that's my tree. I don't know what it is, but I just love oak trees. It's just a visceral thing with you, right? It is. If you had to be stranded on a deserted island for a year and could only take one thing with you, what would it be and why? I would take one of my crystals. (laughs) Really? Why? Because I would like to, I'm sure I'm going to be freaking out. So I need to calm myself down with my crystal. B, I'm thinking I could use it to light a fire. Maybe, um, possibly. And see if it's sharp enough, I could probably spear an animal if needed to. <laughs> Excellent All right, well, that's a first. That's a first. <laughs> <laughs> if you were in prison and had to choose a last meal, what would it be? Anything and everything that has gluten. <laughs> Are you gluten-free? Uh, fortunately, I have celiac disease, so yeah, I'm gluten-free. Oh, and I no. I pictured my last meal as just everything with gluten. That would that'd be really messy for the executioner, though, right? That's not my problem. <laughs> That's right. What kind of superhero power would you want and why? Time travel. I, I, th- I think time travel would be really neat because I, I'm one of those weird woo-woo kind of people. And I think that there's like all sorts of different times and places where we felt deja vu. And I'd like to go back and find out why. Ah, cool. Yeah, I do believe in all that past life deja vu stuff. That's that's very fascinating. And last but not least, recommend a kick-ass business book to the wingnuts that, ha- that has had <laughs> an impact on you and your business. I would say it is, this is going to be an odd one probably, mm-hmm. uh, The 50th Law by 50 Cent. Oh, you know, I just saw that on Audible and I was thinking about picking that up. Oh, it's, I love it. Okay, just, why do you like it so much? Tell, tell me why I should get that book. Because it's like, you know, it's talking about business, but it's talking about how, you know, how you approach business and how you need to go in there and not have the fear as your guiding force, the guiding principle that you're just going to go out there that you can achieve, you know, people come from the, the humblest beginnings and they can achieve so much. And it's really a book that helps you with your mindset. Okay, I'm sold. I'm going to download it. Sorry, Nat. That's $10 or whatever I'm going to spend. (laughs) She's spending more money. Come on. (laughs) I don't know how much it is. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us on the Wingnut Social Podcast. Tell our listeners where they can reach out to you. They can find me at my website, aliciawicker.com. It's A-L-Y-C-I-A, wicker.com. They can find me on Pinterest and Facebook and Instagram, all the same, Alicia Wicker handle. And YouTube too. I don't know if anybody wants to go check out my old YouTube videos. I'm not really into it right now, but uh, <laughs> check me out fair enough. Google my name. You'll find me. It's okay, not cool. hard to catch me. All right. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us on the Wingnut Social Podcast. You were amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Natalie, we went through a whole episode without any swearing from Alicia Wicker. Yeah, but you didn't actually. <laughs> I think I felt pressured to be one of the cool kids. Maybe. No, I, I just came out organically. So, But that's uh, how it's supposed to be, right? Yeah, I'm sure Jonathan, our, our lovely editor, can just kind of silence those little S words out. Probably. <laughs> Do we want them to, though? I don't know, because... I struggle with this. I learned something today. Oh, wow. Is that I why know. you look smarter? 
No, it's probably, well, I have more gray hair. But no, um, actually, it's just really refreshing to know that she believes some of the same things that you believe, that you just have to be yourself. You can't pretend to be somebody that you're not. And that once you, you know, take that on and you embrace it and you tackle it, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. And yeah, maybe I am colorful with my words. Maybe I do say some things I shouldn't say, but this is who you are. And like Himalayan salt lamps. Yes. And crystals on yes. an island. That was exactly. Funny. That was a first. I doubt we it get was. Another. It was great though. Yeah. No, she makes no bones about it. This is who she is. This is what you're going to get. And let me, and if you hire her, there are no surprises. You know None. exactly what you're getting. And that's got to be very good for you on the, um, the business end because you know that whoever's coming is going to be light work. Absolutely. Right? They're going to like you already. You've, you've already done the hard stuff. And, and I, mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that it's pretty safe to say that we've, kind of pride ourselves on that as well. We we are who we are and this is what you get. And if you don't like it, move along. Yeah, keep on moving. That's right. <laughs> and that book. The 50 Cent book. That's it's, right. It's called The 50th Law. I guess it's 50 Cent's story about business. That is an unusual recommendation. But for the audience, the Wingnut, uh, the listeners of the Wingnut Social Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out this book and check out their service. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash wingnutsocial. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash wingnutsocial for your free audiobook. And it doesn't have to be the 50th law could be whatever the hell you feel like and get your free little 30-day trial and be an audio geek like me. That's right. And you know, if you guys have any questions about what you just listened to, everything will be in the show notes, not to worry. You can look that up. And also... Where can they find those show notes, Natalie? Ah, wingnutsocial.com or on any social media platform. Under the podcast tab. Yeah. Just look for uh, search Alicia Wicker and that show will just pop right up or show number 17. That's right. All right. What else we got? I don't know. I think it's time to wrap it up. All right, guys. So if you like what you hear and go ahead and hit that subscribe button, tell your friends about the podcast. What the hell? Tell your enemies and follow us on all the social media channels at wingnutsocial.com. Send us an email to info at wingnutsocial.com or smoke signals. (laughs) That works. (laughs) Sure. What the hell? It works. No, thanks, guys. Until next week. See ya. So long. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. Now, do you think you need more than one lead magnet? I, that's a good question. That's a question for Amy. We only have one. Aim for who? I mean, oh, why am I thinking? I'm sorry, Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wait for Natalie to stop yawning. <laughs> okay, let's do this. All right. That's the one oh, oh, my gosh. I need a nap. Okay, let's do this. All right.